Hello to all. This is Aaron Wogelinter, and I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelinter, a.k.a. The Father. And this is Around the Shabbos Table, a podcast my father and I have created to bring you our thoughtful conversations and healthy arguments so you can enjoy them now and bring them up at your Shabbos tables later. Don't be fooled by the name. Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of the show. This podcast is part of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, a network for the greatest Jewish podcast content. You can listen for free right there on the website to all of these episodes and browse brand new shows on intentionaljew.com without having to download any extra podcast player apps. So again, that's intentionaljew.com. And now, let's get around this Shabbos table. You know, a lot of times I have thoughts. Things happen, I read things, and it clicks things in my head, and then they don't always stay so connected. Like I, I'm not looking at the at the posts that I saw or the things that people sent on um, on Facebook or, or WhatsApp, but but the idea starts to germinate, and, and then sometimes it, it like just sits there and just gets bigger and expands in my head. I had this thought last week, you know, after the the Capitol riots, and uh, which was really, really an incredibly, an incredibly shocking thing. But before I even had a chance to analyze what it was, and what people did, and really understand like the the extent of it and what it really meant, I started listening to people talk about, you know, the, and let me just put a caveat on this: that this is not a political discussion. I wouldn't talk about it around the Shabbos table if it was, and I don't do that. It's not my it's not my thing. But from a political from, to, to talk about things from political, that's right. That's right. But I think there's a deeply religious, spiritual message in this. That um, you know, I'm listening to people talk about, you know, with with such anger and 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 virulence against the the Republicans and you know what they did, what they what this meant. And you know clearly people that were on the, the you know the democratic side, and they were saying they, they, you know, they were they were using this and they were right this was this was an incredibly outrageous move and and it was really a terrible thing. It was a terrible moment in the history of of America. It was a terrible moment for people to witness a terrible moment to start to think about what could happen. but it just happened to be this day's terrible moment and Yesterday's terrible moment was perhaps on the other side. It was perhaps a Democrat that said something or did something that was, with its ramifications, equally as as outrageous. You know, the, this whole Iran deal, where that thing is going, and, and the danger that that presents. And it just brings me back, you know, many, many years when the initial discussion came and they were trying to to, to push things in a certain direction. And now we're just back right into the same place. So now the people on the other side can look at it and say, you know, I can't believe what these people are doing, what, the, what, what that political party is doing, because that's something that's so dangerous and, and, and something that could really hurt us. And I think that it's like, a, it's like a game of tennis. It just goes back and forth. And when it's on the one side, so then the one side is righteously indignant and says, look at how terrible they are. And they're right. They're absolutely right. They are, they are terrible. But then the volley goes back to the other side and, and we say how terrible they are. And we're right. They really are terrible. 
which means you have to look at this whole thing and you have to say that the actions of this group and the actions of this group, both of them, are problematic. And that that the the climate in the country, no matter which side of the, the aisle you're on, is very, very dangerous for the Jewish people. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to go with it. But I think that we have to recognize that we're living in, in and it's not even unprecedented because it's really you know, Europe before the war, but we're living in times where the earth is shaking. The earth is moving. And our foundation is being, is, is being shaken. It's, it's moving around and it's not, nothing, we're not on solid ground. And I think that for the moment, we're looking at this, and that's why I said this is not political. We're looking at this as a political thing. So anybody who makes a comment on this, they're making a comment politically. And I don't think that this is about politics. I think right now, it's not about us. So we're having a great time with it. right? The Jews are watching this thing, and they're saying, wow, it's unbelievable. Finally, you know? we didn't do something. Yeah, and it's not about us. And, and what, are you, what are you, stupid? It's not, it's not about you? Of course it's about you. And tomorrow you're going to find out how much it's about you. You know, we've seen nothing yet. In in what way do you think it's about this? This is connected to the Jews because of the Jews? Is it cause and effect the Jews? Where, where do you think it's connected to the Jews? That you always have to daven that they have something to do and something to focus on because when they don't, so then it always turns around and it bites us. Whenever there's something like this going on, so then as soon as this calms down and they move past this, so then things quiet a little bit, and where does it automatically go? It goes to the Jews. We've heard nothing yet about the backlash from the incredible experience that we've had over the past four years in the in the land of Israel with the consulate moving to uh, to to Yerushalayim, with all the things that have taken place, the stuff with the United Arab Emirates. I mean, there's really been some some incredible movement for the for the Jewish nation. But now that things have shifted, so one has to imagine that there's go one one can smell already that there's going to be a terrible backlash. As as part of a reaction to the previous president and and as part of a reaction to 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 where you know where politics are are sitting and where where their feelings are so th- there's going to be a backlash to us we were we were much too comfortable with the with supporting what was happening because we were getting emotional about it but what i mean is like this you know there were people that were saying when they moved the the embassy to Yerushalayim, the people saying what are, what are we doing what why are we doing this now and and they were called you know, anti-Zionists, and they were called all kinds of all kinds of names. And and now I look at it, and I say, maybe they weren't wrong. Because timing is everything, and who says that it's it was the right time under the right president in the right climate? Because now look what's happened. We put all of our eggs in a certain basket, and now things change. And and what's going to happen? Why were you so friendly with that person? Why were you, you know, why were you all behind him? You were behind him, so now we need to, to, you know, to, to discipline you. We need to do something with you, because 
You, know, you, you created part of this problem. I don't think that we're looking at this in long terms, and I also don't think that we're looking at this with God involved. I think that we're, you know, we've had this discussion about corona, that when a person says, you know, you gave it to me, the, the person is not a maimon because I didn't give it to you. God gave it to you because you, you could do whatever you want. At the end of the day, God is involved in this equation. Somehow I think that we've dropped God out of this equation and that we're analyzing and looking at things and we're not recognizing that really ultimately the, the Rebbeinu Shalom is sending us a message and there are many messages, of course, but he's sending us a message and if nothing else, it's to recognize that Al-Tiv we can't, we can't trust and rely on people. We can utilize them. We can, we can cooperate with them, but we can't trust in them. We've placed our, a lot of our trust on both sides of the fence. We've placed a lot of our trust in people and in movements. And, and I think that we have to be, we have to be very careful. So the Baruch is letting us see what happens when people get wild, when people have no boundaries, right? And we saw it just, it was a small taste a small taste. But that's what happens when people lose their minds. And that's what happens, that's what could happen to the Jewish people when people lose their minds. I think this has to be something that is so frightening to us, that we the, the recognition, the realization that, that everything is out of control. And when it's out of control, it comes towards us. So, so what does that mean? That means that, that there's a certain, you know, there was once a book that was written called Chutzpah, um, which, you know, fine, it's a fine book. But I'm not sure that I agreed with the, with the premise that, you know, we have, to, we have to assert ourselves and make ourselves known. And, and I always felt that we have to be tsanua and quiet, protect ourselves, of course, put politicians in that, for on, on, on our side that can help us not rely on them for one moment, just utilize them as conduits of a Kodesh Baruch who wants to do something. So then at least we have the people in place, but that as a Jewish people living in a foreign country, we need to be quiet. and We need to be low-key. And, uh, and I think, t- to me, this is just a reminder you know, there was, at one point, there was, I think, 11 or 13 congressmen that were Jewish, and people were going bananas. Wow, isn't this amazing? You know, we can get a minion on Capitol Hill. And they're really going crazy about it. You know when that was happening? When uh, Lieberman and Gore were you know, sort of in the battle. And uh, in in the abeyance, you know, in the, in the, right. in the, 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 the it was eleven days or something that they of two weeks, whatever it was, they, they were sitting around and waiting for things to happen. Do you know what was happening during that time? I don't know if you remember this. No. So, the intifada was taking place, and it was Rachel Menu's yard site. And you know what? What what what, what looks like? What what Kevin Rachel looks like on on uh, Rachel yeah. Menu's yard site? I mean, it's. Tens of thousands of people. You know how many people were there that year? Not many. Zero. Nada. We couldn't get in. 
because of, of all the crazy stuff that was going on. So my head burst on this one. And I said, here we are sitting in America saying, wow, we almost have a minion. We, we might have you know, a, a, Jewish, a Jewish person in the White House. And at the same time, we couldn't get to Kevin Rachel. Couldn't get to Kevin Rachel. Mama Rachel, who sits there and says that, who God turns to and says, "Mini calling me back." He stopped crying, wiped the tears away, because you have nothing to worry about. They're coming home again. And that year, I felt so strong that the Rebbeinu turned to Rachel Imenu and said to her, "You can cry now, because they're not coming home so fast." And I think that we have to, we, we have to, we have to, to, you know, it's easy for us to remember that in Israel. Oh, I shouldn't say it's easy. Easier for us to remember that in Israel. But as a Jewish people, as a nation, I, I think that, that we forget that sometimes. Yeah, to be the devil's advocate on that is that um, the, the amount of Jews that are on Capitol Hill or in Congress directly affects some of the policies and things that we live with day to day, whereas Kaver Rachel, I'm going to say this, but it's probably going to be, you know, the half the answer is in this, but is in the is in the question. But Kaver Rachel doesn't directly affect the policies and the the way of life for me. So being excited about Jews in in a position that directly affects me is natural, I mean, because it directly affects me, it directly affects the taxes I pay and the, the, the places I can go and, and what I can do. Whereas maybe we look at, yeah, Kaver Rachel doesn't play that role in my life, so it doesn't bother me as much that we can't get there. And that's the devil's advocate side, but but right. you can... I And I will, because um, I'm talking about the musik, I'm talking about the concept, and, and there was stuff that came along with it, with, with, with all of the... Um, the, the joy that we had, and the euphoria about it, the the Jews, you know, the, the Jews being in in great positions, came also a sense of, look at how we've arrived in America, and and that's what I was reacting to, so, you know, the, we need politicians, we need people to to protect us, you know, when you see from guys in New York, as uh, you know, in 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 the, the the councils and the you know in the in the governing positions, it's a beautiful thing, and it, it's not it's not a bad thing. But there's a there's you know in that there's a certain sneers that has to be. But I was talking more about the idea that of the feeling of American Jewry that we have arrived, we have arrived. Look at look at where we have come. Look at how we've developed in America. That this is where we are, and that's not a that's not a beautiful thing. It's not a beautiful thing. Not only because our place is Israel and we belong in Israel. It's it's not it's this is not a you know a move to Israel make aliyah speech, but the but the concept. Of that, there is another place that we, you know, we've made ourselves comfortable, and and every time we've made ourselves comfortable, we've seen what's happened, and and I think that we need to wake up before we end up in problems. Again, it's not about what's the answer solution. Everybody moves to Israel. It could be, but I'm I'm not going there. I'm saying the 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 solution for me right now is, is that we wake up, and we recognize that. You know, we're, we're putting our faith in people. And when we put our faith in people, we're in trouble. By the way, we're in trouble also when we put our faith against people. You know, if, if there's they can't a, do this. Right? Right. If, if we look at a, at, a political, at a political person and we say that, 
you know, that person is, hates the Jews and goes against the Jews, and we expend a lot of energy on that. What, what are you doing? What are you, what are you wasting your time for? At the end of the day, Rabbi Hashem is running the place. If there's a person in power that loves the Jews and loves Israel, so then it, it's sort of easier for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's, he's working through somebody who's predisposed to that. And if not, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do whatever he needs to do. And you can do it in a person who's totally, totally against the Jewish people. You know, salvation salvation can come through that kind of person. Right. Like like Haman. <laughs> right. You know, Haman's, Haman's decisions are really what brought about the whole salvation for the Jewish people. So if you took a slice, you know, just like one day in the life of Haman, right? And, and when Haman made the decree, he got the king, the, the, the ring from the king, and he made the decree, and you, you would look at that day and you'd say, oh my God, we're doomed. And that, oh my God, we're doomed, led to, so at that moment, it looked like a terrible thing. So when you have a political... When you allow yourself to be doomed and to see it and to say, oh gosh, what's happening? That's right. As opposed to saying, you know, it's saying, Keli Lama Zaftani, as opposed to saying, you know, it's, it's all of this is just getting us to the place that we need to get to. And, and every single step along here is something that we, that we need to have. I just think that we have the wrong, that we're too much into the politics, we're too much into the, into the day-to-day, and we don't, in general, have this larger picture. If, if we had the larger picture, there would be, you ever hear people talk American politics? I, I think that it's, that it's even more angry than Israeli politics. You know, there's a great, there's a great joke, I don't know if I ever told you this, um, I hope I can get away with this on the, uh, on this podcast, but they, there's a beautiful medrash that says that there were two brothers that um, lived on either side of a mountain, and they both had, you know, one, one a lot of wheat, one a little bit of wheat, one was married, one wasn't married, and um, every night the um, the two brothers would bring quietly wheat over to their other brother because they felt that the one who was married said, look, I'm married. I've got a parnasa. I've got a life. My other brother, he's, he has nothing. So let him have at least some nechassim, let him have some things. So he would bring snake in the night, quiet, and he would bring him a thing. The other brother said, look, I'm single. What do I need? My other brother's married. He's got a lot of kids. Let me help him out. And each brother was worried about the other brother. And at night, they would go across the mountain. And they would drop off. We can go home. So one night... They delayed a little bit, and on top of the mountain, they met. They bumped into each other. And they looked at each other and said, Brother, what are you doing? And they told each other what they were doing. They were so moved that each one of them loved the other brother so much that he was so concerned about his, about his well-being, they broke down in tears. And it was on that place the base of Mikdush was built. Ah, what a beautiful, beautiful story. So they tell another story. That there were two brothers... And they each had wheat crop. Each one of them looked at their other brother and said, my brother doesn't need that much wheat. What's he need so much wheat for? Is he, you know, he, he, he's single, he's not married, he doesn't need anything. The other one looked at him and said, that brother, he's not no good nick, he's not a nasty person. What does he need so much for? I'm going to take from him. And each night, quietly, surreptitiously, they would go travel over the mountain and they would take a bundle of wheat from each other. One night, they were delayed, and they met each other on top of the mountain. They bumped into each other. And one said, brother, what are you doing here? He says, brother, what are you doing here? He says, every night I go and I take something from you. 
And he says, every night I go and take something from you. And the two of them started to battle royale. And it was on that place that the Knesset was built. <laughs> now, the... So there is a, there is a certain amount of of you know of, of anger and 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 that in in Israeli politics, but there is something I found of, of of late, you know, with with Trump and with and with Biden, there is some 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 incredible anger burning, on each side. Step back, man. Like I th- I think we're just doing this wrong. Step back and let God into the picture. Do you think also perhaps it's, it has to do with. Um, what happens? It's it's, a, it's an outgrowth of being comfortable. Is that we identify more than just that it, the policy of Biden and Trump affects me, but I identify by that, and I've I've made an identity around the uh, the party I vote for and the party I support. And you know, they say, "Are you American Jew or Jewish American?" I never know which one is the right and which one is the wrong. But putting something before your before your religion and before your connection to God. Um, and your amuna could be problematic. So if you identify strongly as an American who is Jewish, that could be problematic. And that 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 could potentially be uh, the issue here, that people are identifying strongly, and they've, they've, sorry, they've created an identity and a definition around this, and, uh, and that's why they're so heated up, and they're so angry, and they're so upset, and they're so saddened by what's going on um, because of that. And... That perhaps I don't necessarily. I, I agree with you, and I think that that's as I was saying before that never bodes well for us, right? I'm, I'm it's just an outgrowth of getting comfortable. It's it it is it it's the it's exactly what's happened. We've been there a couple hundred years, where we're now settled in America. It is a reality in the Jewish landscape that there is American Jewry, and and we haven't we haven't considered what that means in the big picture. <clears throat> you know, whenever you talk about the subject, you have to mention the, the Rabbi Bechana Gemara. Rabbi Bechana Bav Basa tells over a bunch of stories, and the stories sound like, you know, he's hallucinating. I mean, they're, they're every story, each story is like weirder than the next. So he tells over one story, and, and of course, this is the stuff that, you know, that the, the, the Maral and the Gron, you know, the Masha, they go to town on. And, and, and so much of Jewish ideology is based in these stories. So the, the one story he says that he was um, in, in, in a boat and the boat collapsed and he ended up in the ocean. In the ocean, they thought they were going to drown. It was a stormy ocean. And they saw in front of them what appeared to be an island. They swam to the island. <coughs> and there, they climbed up on the island and they found a little bit of wood. They built a fire. They were soaking wet. They built a fire. They warmed themselves up. They hunted around, they found some berries, and they started to get comfortable. And as soon as they got warm and comfortable, the island turned and threw them back into the ocean, and they realized they were on the back of a fish. It sounds like a, like a bad joke. What, what, what's the point? The point is that is Jewish life. That has been Jewish history. That's we Gullus. In, we're in Gullus. We're in the stormy waters. We see a place and it looks like home. And we settle ourselves down and we have hundreds of successful years there. Hundreds. We flourish. We develop things that we have not developed till then. You look at Poland. You look at Spain. right? We flourished in these places. 
And then when we, when we get comfortable, not when the place around us, when we become too comfortable, so then the place pitches and throws us right back into Gullis. And, and I think that we're not recognizing that we're investing ourselves in the wrong thing. We need new batim. You have to build houses. You have to make yourself comfortable. You have, to, you have to live. You have to build yeshivas. And you have to do everything. But as a guest, not as a permanent resident. And when you become a permanent resident and you become invested in their politics and you see it for them, not, not toward, to you, you run great danger. Right. I, I think that's such an important, that, that Gemara always um, is very true in my mind that this is one of the reasons, not that I've chosen to live in Israel as opposed to the U.S. because um, the U.S. is a comfortable place, but being a foreign resident or living, meaning not growing up uh, here in Israel, so the, the culture is secondary to me, and that's always uncomfortable. Even if I can speak the language and get along with the culture, it's not the culture I grew up with. That reminds me, don't get so comfortable. And it's, and it's, I feel like that in all of life, it should be that way, that you put yourself into, I, I like to put myself into situations that are uncomfortable for me, where I live, I, I definitely choose somewhere that's not comfortable, because it reminds me that when you get comfortable, that's when you stop growing, stop being productive, and stop doing the things that you should be doing. And stay stay uncomfortable, but I don't, I don't think most people are like that. I think human nature is to find comfort and to crawl into that comfort and then just get into the um, habit of life and let that take over, where it's important as well, habit versus uh, everything being new and always doing things that are strange to you. I understand habit's important, but that's mitzvah sanashim We just make our actions rote and our actions routine that's the problem. So I think that's um, very much what happens when we get comfortable is that we stop we stop remembering that we're on the back of a fish. Well, what would you say to push you further on this? Is what would you say for someone? I say it's an easy it's an easy shot at me because it doesn't bother me. Also, I'm sitting on my high tower here in Israel, which I don't have to be. Do I, for the Israelis, I don't have to be invested in, in Israeli politics because I'm, I'm an American, and for an American, I live in Israel. So I have the ability to sit on this high tower and say, you know, everyone's so stupid for caring about politics, right? Because I can, I can go either way. I can sort of live without caring about it. But uh, for those who do care deeply, and I know many, then what should be the reaction of a God-fearing Jew, of a Jew who wants to put his relationship with God first? When someone, let's give an easy example, but someone who doesn't like Israel or doesn't look like he's going to do good things for the Jews or has said anti-Semitic things in the past, how do we, what should be, in your eyes, the proper reaction to that? I think that we have to look at, at American politics or, or any European country. There's politics, politics all over, but we have to look at it as to what's best for the Jews. And what's best for the Jews doesn't mean what's best for Israel, and it doesn't mean what's best for me now, but if, if, if we accept that God is running the show, so then where do I have to put my hishtadlus in this? And it's all about hishtadlus, not about politics. See, politics is about sort of like a fun game. 
Because it matters who's in, and it matters it matters the players. And and it's like it's like you know watching a basketball game. We have a little bit more of influence because you cast a vote. So it's like a spectator sport where you can get a little bit involved in it, like betting, <laughs> right? Right. But our involvement has to be much more about the the ideology of it, and and what's good what's good for the Jews, meaning what's good for the world. What's good for a spiritual world? Where is there going to be, what, 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 what policies, what people are going to create a world that is a that is a more spiritual place, that's that's more conducive for spirituality to grow. And and that's that's why we're investing in something, and that changes the game a little bit because it's not really about the success of America or the success of you know of this political party. It's really about the success of the world. And you might not do anything different, but your whole your whole interplay, your whole your whole position in it is gonna end up being different. And I think that that's what we've lost. We're just we're we're just into politics. We're we're not into the the larger the, the larger picture of what creates a beautiful world. Right. And David everything is everything is for good, and everything will come out good. Um, we have to, and and we have to take the messages. I think also from from the parshias of of uh, Shemos, the parshias of Vayitzak. They can scream out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's when he remembered them, and that's when he was able to redeem them and begin that process. Is when he saw that they were ready to rely on him, and they were ready and under, and understood. That he um, that a Kaddish Baruch who cared about them, that they judged. weren't crying out about their pain, they were crying out about the distance that they felt between them and God, and as soon as God saw that, so then, God Vayishma, he heard our cries, and he did everything he had to do. Awesome, I like how that I like that thought. This is again the same formula and process of seeing something um, that happens in the world and being able to translate that into. Um, into something of religious importance and religious uh, part of our religious experience. I, I just I want to throw in something that you know I've been staying away sort of from from the the political thing of it, but you know we're getting a new president so tomorrow, the day after, whatever. And um, am, am I worried about about some of his policies and and some of the backlash and some of the things? Yeah, I'm worried about it. Am, am I losing any sleep over it? No, because all the the thing that I'm really worried about is, is that what amount of pain do we have to endure, in order for Hakadosh, you know, for Hakadosh Baruch Hu's plan to come to fruition. It, it's going to come to fruition, whatever, and I don't know what it is, but whatever. That's an Akkodesh awesome. Baruch that's Hu, an awesome thought. But I, I what, never thought of that. And, and that's that. That you know, go back to Haman. That's the Haman thing. That it's going to work out. But it, what do I have to go through? She was, maybe Esther wasn't afraid that they were going to die, but the Xera, the Xera that they were going to die, made it an obstacle to get over. And this is these were like the the chips that they were dealt or the cards they were dealt with, and that they have to daven for. A hundred percent. That's the fascinating. Gemara says Lailam, that a person shouldn't give, um, sh- shouldn't show favoritism amongst his children because for that little bit of that little bit of material. Look what happened to the Jewish people. And then everybody asked, Akasha, what do you mean, look what happened to the Jewish people? We were going down there anyway. God promised to Abraham. They were going down. So so what, what does that mean? That 
because he showed favoritism, that's why we ended up down in Mitzrayim. We were going down to Mitzrayim. No, but we went down to Mitzrayim in a painful way because of that. And that the Kodesh Baruch Hu had a plan. Plan was Jews going down to Egypt, they got to go through something there in order to be able to clean them up, to get them out, and then to, to get them ready to become a nation. It could have been on level one, it could have been on level ten. And, and what, what you worry about is not the outcome. The outcome is going to happen. It's how you're going to get to the outcome. If the outcome is it goes on level one, you sort of slide through it. Everything's good. If it's on, on level 10, so then you have to endure a tremendous amount of pain to get to that final place. And if this is steps towards the Gula, if this is Ikvasad the Mashiach, and then we're on our way to Mashiach, wouldn't we rather it be with less pain, and and that's what we have to worry about. How can we make this this movement towards to, towards Yeshua, the movement towards Geula? How can we make it the least painful? Fascinating, fascinating. All right, thank you so much. Pass the chalk. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, as always, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach both of us at intentionaljew at gmail.com tell us what you love what you hate what you want to hear uh, maybe we could start having guests and you have somebody specific that you want us to have on um, until then like you said daddy Pasha Chalant have a l'chaim enjoy your week and have an awesome Shabbos and remember you rock